0: I'm Jason Ariola. And I'm Dominic Chavez and this is Rock Out with your card out.
1: We are not talking about the Power Rangers because we are done with that for the year. Maybe, unfortunately, I don't know. It just depends on how you feel about that. um I was really happy with that month. How about you, Dominic? Oh,
0: I loved it. That was so much fun.
1: Yeah, especially that last one, man. Oh, that fight. Oh, Oof. incredible. Yeah, I love that track, man. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do today is something completely different than everything we've done so far. Uh, we are going to be covering music. From the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, but we're not covering Chrono Trigger proper, and we haven't covered Chrono Trigger yet, so this is a little bit of a weird space for us where we're covering a tribute album of sorts to a soundtrack that we haven't covered, so I guess you'll have to bear with us, but I think if anything kind of deserves it, Chrono Trigger is pretty easy, because in terms of game music, a lot of people are familiar with the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, so we can kind of just go by without having to actually, like, go through the entire Chrono Trigger soundtrack first, and then kind of do this (laughs) tribute album, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So, the album I'm talking about today is, is called Between Earth and Sky, and this was made by Julia Henderson. Uh, this is available on Bandcamp. It is six tracks long. We're going to be covering five of them today, because I also didn't want to cover everything on the album, but m- m- most of it, I guess, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I, I highly recommend buying this one. I think it's like five bucks. It is totally worth it. Even if it's ten, I think it's totally worth its it. We'll get to it as we get in further, but I, I love this album. It is a beautiful rendition and tribute to the Chrono Trigger music.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's incredible.
1: Uh, we were talking a little bit off the air, Dominic. Like, how familiar are you with like Chrono Trigger? Like,
0: when was the last time you played it? You think? Man, I, I couldn't even say it's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> was it on the Super Nintendo or did you play the DS yeah, version? It, it was on the Super Nintendo. Oh,
1: okay. So it's been quite a while. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. I guess I played it on the DS, which, you know, I feel like that wasn't too long ago, but I keep thinking, I'm like, that was probably more than 10 years ago at this point, so (laughs) it's been quite a while since I played Chrono Trigger. I played it a little bit for when we were doing videos on the site. Man, I don't even know if we actually posted that one. Maybe we didn't. I think that was, like, the episode where we were having issues, but I was basically, like, leveling Chrono up in the, like, yeah, the first forest thing, basically, and I think That's when we ran into technical problems after that, when John and I were going to stream it, and we just sort of, I think that's when the whole streaming thing kind of caved out, because it's just like, you know what, I'm having too many issues with the technical side of this stuff. Let me just call it quits, (laughs) because I I don't enjoy streaming, honestly. It is not my thing. Without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to the first two tracks we're going to be listening to today. Uh, So the way we're going to do this is we will listen to the original version from Chrono Trigger, and then we'll listen to Julia Henderson's rendition of it. So the first one we're going to cover today is Memories of Green, the original soundtrack was composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, who... This was sort of his first album. Like, this was his debut soundtrack. He had done sound design and stuff before, but he sort of gave Squares... You know, at the time, Squaresoft, the ultimatum of, you let me do a soundtrack or I'm going to walk. They gave him this, and he... The soundtrack is amazing, and it really shows because the dude basically, like, worked himself near to death. He ended up in the hospital working on this. And Abu Uematsu, who uh, you probably know from Final Fantasy music largely, uh, came in and wrote a few tracks to kind of finish up the soundtrack, basically. As uh, Matsuda, like I said, nearly worked himself into the grave working on this.
0: <laughs> Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he, he put a lot of work into this. But if you listen to the soundtrack, like I said, it is iconic. It is beautiful. And it totally, totally... I don't want to say it was worth putting him in the hospital for, but uh, I could could see why he put so much effort into this. He had really struck gold with this soundtrack. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and listen to Memories of Green, and we'll be right back. All right, first up was Memories of Green. This is the overworld music from 1000 AD, basically the opening area of the game, uh, and it's got this really haunting feel to it uh, that translates very well what Julia Henderson is doing. It's this really pretty selection of instrumentation. I really like the lyrics to it, too. Normally, I, I get a little, not skeeved out, but a little skeeved out when people start adding lyrics to video game music that didn't have it initially, because it's kind of like, oh, this this feels shoehorned pretty, pretty heavily, <laughs> but... Julia's voice is beautiful, and it's very, tonally very fitting. She makes, like, the adjustment for the way her voice sounds to each track very, very well. And even lyrically, if you know what Chrono Trigger's about and the area that these tracks take place in, they're incredibly fitting. So, this is gonna be the first time I'm gonna say this, but I just really, like, wanna, like, hats off to Julia on this. Like, uh, uh, the vocals on this were really, really good. I have this issue with vocals in video game music a lot of the time that wasn't there initially, but she she kind of nailed it with this one. I really like how it intensifies at about 2 minutes and 30 seconds in, and then Julia's vocals just really come across wonderfully in that section. I, I'm going to say this every time. Every time Julia like throws in a vocal into these things, I really appreciate what she does. She's got this really like great, powerful, almost like operatic sound to her voice that she can also tone back a little bit and make it very like mournful, uh, sad sounding. And we've talked about it a hundred times before already, but you know, you know, kind of know how I dig uh, sad music basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from, but you know, it's funny. I actually got a very calming vibe out of both tracks. You know, maybe it's just me, Mm -hmm. but I I, I was really enjoying the softness behind both as well. Honestly, uh, Julia did an incredible job with this track. Everything worked so well, and I think the slight tempo adjustment worked wonders. Not to mention the lyrics were well thought up, going with the vibe. Her vocals carried through extremely well, and I appreciate every second of it all.
1: Yeah, she does a really marvelous job of what she did. I this is the first thing I think she's done as far as like in a tribute album of sorts, and I hope it's not the last because if this is like the thing she's just six tracks and she's done a marvelous job of handling one of the most iconic soundtracks that I always get wary when somebody says they're going to do something for a Chrono Trigger soundtrack and takes kind of her own spin on a little, on a few of the tracks. I'm like, okay, yeah, you can, you can do this as much
0: as you want, Julia. You're good. I just free (laughs) reign, baby. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah, no joke. Yeah. There's something about her voice that just, it seems like it, it'll sit in well with any mix. It doesn't really matter what she's doing. Yeah. It's just tonally. It's just there. Yeah. She's got one of those rare
1: voices that I think is very powerful and can be at the front of something very, very Mm -hmm. easily, but also does a very good job of blending in with instrumentation and just sort of not getting lost in the sound, but just becoming such a part of the mix so well that it's a real talent for vocalists to do that. Because a lot of the time you have somebody who's very powerful, like you can hear her be, they have a tendency to be a little too overpowering at times when they're trying to blend in with the sound a little too much so i think she did a really good job of that so uh again i I probably should be saving this part of the conversation for the end of the podcast but i just feel (laughs) like you know get it out of the way now like just hats off to her she has got a marvelous voice and she really knows how to use it yes definitely all right so i think that covers everything on memories of green let's go ahead and move on to corridors of time and we'll be right back All right, well, that was Corridors of Time, and the original has this really, like, exotic feel to it. And there's... Dominic, you might have to clue me in here. Is that what a sitar I was hearing, like, at the very beginning that's real prevalent? I think so. Okay. Yeah, because all of this stuff is, you know, we've said before, kind of, like, emulated, sampled sound on the Super Nintendo, but that very much sounds like a sitar to me, so...
0: Yeah, close enough.
1: (laughs) It's really one of these cool sounds that or this whole track just has this, like, really cool sound to it that I've always dug, and I don't want to get into this, like, too, too deep just because eventually we're going to circle back and cover Chrono Trigger proper, so I don't want to, like, cover the same ground on that episode when we get to it eventually. I don't know when that's going to be, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Julia's version uses a lot of different instruments than the original. It feels a little less exotic than the original, but the use of, like, her background vocals give it more of a haunting feel to it. And, like I said, it, it sounds very different than... The original, and again, I don't mind it at all. It's one of those things, like, I don't mind that she mixed it up a little and t- sort of did her own thing. It it keeps the spirit of the original, but it has a different vibe to it. And then towards the end, at, like, two minutes and 50 seconds in, it kind of trails off with this really nice mix of Julia's vocals and a piano, and it's a really pretty and
0: somber way to end the track. Hmm. It's funny, because I, between the two tracks, I get two totally different vibes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, for I, sure. It's... You know, I like them both Um, as beautiful as the track Julia has put out. I just think the original has more, just more to it, you Mm -hmm. know, I guess it's just the instrumentation behind it all. Hmm. I don't know. But one thing that I wanted to mention is that the original has beautiful depth to it. I mean, just, it's just extreme instruments were placed so well, it just flows. I will say though, the buildup Julia has put into the track, uh, caught me off guard, great groove to listen to. It just, it just starts flowing, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah. This is one of those tracks that, like I said, it. Hearing the original and hearing this, I I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. I do think I prefer the original a little bit more, just because like, the it. Just because of the use of instruments that it has that Julia's version doesn't. Mm-hmm. That said, again, I'm not going to sit here and say Julia's version isn't great. It really mm-hmm. is. It's just, I think it's the use of different instrumentation that what we would normally I think hear in. I guess, normal, like, I guess what you consider, like, Western music, you know, having a sitar and these, like, weird, I don't want to say chimes almost, but just this, like, weird vibe to it. This has always been, like, one of those tracks I really, really dig in Chrono Trigger, and it just, it's not one that I listen to too, too frequently, but whenever it comes up, it is a definite, like, turn it up a little bit louder when I'm listening to the soundtrack, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well put. Yeah, it's, it was going to be tough to remake it was gonna to be tough to rearrange this version but i think she did a really good job and kind of put her own spin on in it and again you know it's got this really kind of somber sad way that it ends and we both know how much of a sucker i am for that stuff so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like i said uh, i i really dig both tracks they're they're both extremely well and uh, it's i'm pretty sure it was in pretty damn intimidating coming up to you know chrono trigger to actually you know re by not remaster but rearrange basically it rearrange exactly yeah
1: Oh man, see. I I I can't oh, I can't even imagine. Like there'll be albums that come out um there's a rearranged or like a, there's a rearranged album of the Rogue Galaxy soundtrack. And that one is like something you can get away with being a little bit more experimental because I don't think the Rogue Galaxy soundtrack's like that iconic, you know, mm-hmm. I, even the game itself has it's sort of been not lost in the shuffle of history at this point, but, you know, it's not one you really go back and think about too much, but the Rearrangement album is really cool, it adds a lot of different spins and sounds to the original arrangements, whereas, you get to the Chrono Trigger one, I mean, it's, you know, Chrono Trigger's a lot, it is like one of, if not the best RPG ever made, and the soundtrack is one of the most iconic and also just endlessly listenable soundtracks in the game. <laughs> I mean, or, you know, yeah. in, in the game industry. It's, it's almost gotta be impossible to come at this without being intimidated, like looking at it like, oh, this is one of my favorite soundtracks for a reason. And I'm going to put my own spin on it. I mean, just the, just the gall, I think to do that, you've got to be really confident in your abilities, but I mean, Julia nailed it. I mean, she clearly has the musical chops to do this sort of thing.
0: I agree, man. Every track that we reviewed so far to me, her tracks are triple a tracks. It's, it's extremely hard to do better than the original, but in some of these tracks, I, think she did yeah
1: yeah well i'm curious as, as if like which ones you feel that way because there's one in particular for me that i really think she completely nailed the hell out of it so once you once we get there i want to i definitely want to see if it's the same one i was thinking i didn't want to <laughs> i didn't i don't think i put it in my notes this way you didn't see which one i was thinking i kind of wanted to be like have a little surprise <laughs> for the two of us as like which one we thought really sold a, okay the remake basically <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, I think that is everything on Corridors of Time. So let's go ahead and move on to one of my favorite just pieces in general on the soundtrack, Battle with Magus. So let's go ahead and listen to that and we'll be right back. All right, that was the Battle with Magus. The original is this remarkable piece of intense music that isn't what I really would consider, like, hard. It's got this really cool use of sounds and instrument choices. And, again, this is one of those ones that I really have always dug. It's got this really great feel for... Basically, like, the Battle with Magus is sort of this, like... You think it's the big bad that you're going up against, and then you realize... That wasn't really what we were going up against the whole time. We thought it was, but it definitely wasn't. And it has this really great, like, tension build to it and eerie feel. It's really weird how quiet it gets at times. Like, you know, you're doing like a boss fight, you don't expect quiet moments. You expect, like, really a track full of, like, bravado and just, like, upbeat tempo and, you know, big sounds. And the balls, I think, that this track has <laughs> in, like, pulling back sometimes is mm-hmm. really, really impressive. And that said, I think getting onto Julia's version here, I think she did a really, really good job of maintaining the feel of that, but also making this one a lot more intense and um, best I can put it is like hard feeling. It uses a lot of the same instruments too in the like beginning, but about fifty seconds in, it completely changes into like a hard rock, maybe almost metal sound to it. I really dig the arrangement and Julia's vocals in the background. It mellows out again about a minute later, and then goes back into this really mellow, like acoustic guitar, and then it goes back into like a really hard version again. I really like how after this like heavy metal rock opera sound, it goes out with this very like solemn feeling piano. It's, it really really hits home like what is going on in the game. Like you kind of beat Magus, and then you're like, oh wait, that wasn't really what we were supposed to be doing. It's just really, I don't know, man. It. There's a great vibe to this one. I think going the route she did could have been an absolute disaster, but the arrangement is great. And I might actually like this one a little bit more than the original.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, it should be obvious. You should know uh, which one I'm going with. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Julia on this one all the way. You know, the vocals do very well filling space and at times emphasizing with the instruments, rhythm guitar seemed a little too loud or actually uh, if the percussions were turned up a tad that, probably would have evened things out. Mm-hmm. It's probably just me. I don't know. I'm pretty particular with that kind of stuff. But the acoustic guitar sounded excellent and really added a great flavor to the whole mix. Definitely a lot of filling crammed into Julia's version. Don't get me wrong. The original is great. But compared to Julia's version, you'll hear where it's lacking.
1: Yeah, I agree. They're, I think adding that like real like metal sound to it really kind of took it
0: up a notch. Mm -hmm. yeah just uh it turned into a completely different jam and i i loved it really did so this was the uh, this was the one you were talking about that you for sure (laughs) like more oh i definitely like this one more but no this isn't the track oh okay cool okay cool
1: well (laughs) this might be interesting you hmm, okay
0: (laughs) all right yeah like i said this is one of those tracks
1: that is great to listen to it's got a great vibe to it but julia man i she's louise man she sold the hell out of this version
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, yeah she really did (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Just just that breaking up of you think it's going one direction in the beginning then it just like smacks you in the face take a shot with you know the hard <laughs> metal rock sound to it and then tones back down with that like a like somber acoustic guitar it, it she, man she just did a really good job of just like fluctuating emotions in this thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the design behind the whole uh, composition was just incredible. Yeah, for sure, man. I I love this thing. So
1: Alright, let's go ahead and move on to another track I love, and that is Shala's Theme. This is one of those another one of those like ones I would have been intimidated as hell to approach, because Mm -hmm. it's, it's another really iconic track from Chrono Trigger, but anyway, let's go ahead and listen to the original, and we'll listen to Julia's version right after, and be right back. i so That was Shawla's theme. The original has this really cool exotic vibe to it, and I know I just said that about uh, Corridors of Time, but you know, it, it, there's a lot of cool exotic sounds to the Chrono Trigger soundtrack. It's not all just kind of standard JRPG fare, which is a reason why it stands out so strongly in my memory. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the different instrument choices keep what could have been like a really repetitive track fresh and interesting to listen to. It's got a really like mournful sound to it, and there's a rearrangement that um, I believe her name is Laura Shigihara. And an album that just released a little while ago, like maybe a year ago, um, she did a vocal of that I really like, too, that really lends itself to that. But that's a different mm. album, different uh, rearrangement of Chrono Chrono music, basically, that we'll, we'll, we'll circle around to again eventually, I'm sure, because there's a lot of Chrono music we can always go back to. Like I said, Chrono Trigger, better game. Chrono Cross might have the better soundtrack just because of how, how much instrumentation stuff there is, how Celtic sounding it is. But anyway... Uh, so let's go ahead and let's move on to or what I was thinking of with Julia's version. Um, it loses a bit of the exotic vibe, but it is an incredibly pretty arrangement of it. Uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to make a track that uses violin and piano in a somber-sounding song that I'm not going to dig immediately. <laughs> Lyrically, again, it is very fitting for the era that the original version takes place in. I love how, despite being really prominent, how almost subdued her vocals are in it it might have more of a tendency to do with what I pay attention to in music, which is typically more the instruments and stuff like this, but I feel like she just blends in incredibly well. And this is the track I mentioned before, where I feel like Julia does a remarkable job of blending in and just being part of the music instead of being at the forefront of something. Like she knows when to pull back and just blend verse, like, very clearly hearing her you can almost for you can almost be forgiven for not even realizing she's singing at times if you're kind of
0: zoning mm-hmm. out you know yeah she really knows how to utilize her voice it's incredible mm-hmm. it's uh, well tamed i think the original is totally loopable i could have been looping that for uh for days and i wouldn't be in any pain <laughs> i wouldn't complain <laughs> you know it has such a such a soothing sound to it and it's incredible it's it's easy to find a, f- a peaceful place while listening to it to be honest, I think Julia's version kept enough of the of that exotic sound to put you in that same place mentally. Once again, great vocal work. I really like how she's tamed her voice to the point to where uh it's used more as an instrument. Yeah. I think that's incredible. That is really cool cuz she could fill space. She could do so much with it. You you really get a feeling out of what she says instead of just hearing the words. Yeah. And it's just, I, I like her voice. I like how she uses it. Uh, like I said, it's can be used to uh, tell you a story or to bring music to your ears. <laughs> yeah. She does a really good job of inflection, basically, I think. Mm, there you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's this really cool sound that she has. And, I mean, like said, I said, I know we keep kind of regurgitating that same thought. But, man, she she's got this really yeah, cool but... voice. I mean... Like I said, it's, it's almost like an opera singer at times, but then she pulls back just enough that you're like, she, she sounds like she could just be, what is it? Like a session singer, basically like singing in the background at times, but then you listen to her do the things where she's taken the forefront with the, with her vocals and the lyrics and you're like, oh, you could just be a, like a singer by yourself. That's okay. Wow. It, it's a real skill. Cause even when you listen to other, when you listen to I guess more mainstream music i guess if you want to put it that way a lot of singers they tend to you hear them and that is the thing that is there in the forefront julia in the same track can go from being in the forefront to go into the background and blending in marvelously and it's just mm-hmm. it's one of those skills that i think is really indicative of, of a talented singer who knows how to use their instrument very very well
0: yeah i agree man it's uh it's fucking crazy, is what it is. There you go. Or she has it down. Yeah. Let me dumb it up for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I do like how she, I do like
1: how you put it. She like tamed her voice. Like that's that is a I think a really good strong way of putting it. It's man. I I don't know if we can sit there and like basically slather or praise on it anymore than we have, than we are. But you know, it's what we're gonna be doing. I guess. I mean, we've only got one more track to cover after this. But like I said, this is one of those albums where I felt like this could have been this could have gone horribly awry but it, Julia knows what she's doing clearly so mm-hmm. anything that she does from the now on it, it's just not even going to be a listen I'm just going to buy it and then listen you know what I mean it's like okay yeah, exactly. I, 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 I trust your judgment you seem to know what you're doing <laughs> Julia oh I'm sold yep exactly <laughs> alright let's go ahead and move on to the last track we're going to be covering today and that is World Revolution again this is another one of those that I think could have been a disaster but well why don't we listen to it and see how we feel that was World Revolution and this was one of my favorite tracks on the soundtrack if not just one of my like favorite pieces of composition in video game music period I I love the hell out of this thing the alternate organ and horn in the original is some of my favorite stuff in the whole album throwing horns and strings in that mix with this like electronic rhythm and the whole thing is nearly an early showcase in my musical taste and what I would end up liking so if you wanted to like Hear something that like, oh, clearly this is going to influence Jason's taste and music further down the line. This was probably it. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to it like and kind of in a in a little bit of an abstract way, you can almost hear like Falcom Sound Team's like modern sound, what they sound like, kind of vibing through in this a little bit. This may have been like the buds of that plant's like blooming basically.
0: <laughs> mm. It's a good way to put it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, Julia's version. Well, as I said before, this could have been disastrous to listen to considering how much I like this, but she absolutely nailed it. It feels a little bit slower than the original, but it's not incredibly noticeable. It stays so true to the original's intensity and sound. It's really great hearing the electronic part underneath travel around. It's a fairly simple stereo effect when you boil right down to it, but it's done really well, and I can feel it like transitioning from one side to the other in my headphones. And it's it's not just like a, oh, suddenly it's on my left side, suddenly it's on my right. You can literally like almost hear it like the sound waves move across your like just your brain almost. It's mm-hmm. it's really good, and it's something that isn't quite there in the original version. It's probably easy to miss if you're not really paying attention. But just because that's the sort of stuff I pick up on, I I noticed it pretty quickly. I love the bridge that happens at like two minutes and 30 seconds in. It mellows things out just enough to give you a break and just comes back with an incredibly powerful percussion and brings you right back to the intensity. Julio's vocals are a great touch, and they, along with what I think is the first male voices we hear in this, add this real feeling of importance to it. And considering this, I think this is the track that plays in the last, like, the last form of Lavos that you're fighting, like... It, this is exactly what it needed to be, basically. And I, again, like we had, we had been talking about this off the air for about three minutes before we started recording. It might be sacrilegious to say this, but I think I like Julia's
0: version better. <laughs> well, I agree with you. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I had me scared there for a second, dude. Unfortunately, you left me with nothing to say about it. <laughs> so I'll <Sorry>. just, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But I'll start <laughs> off with Julia's track. <laughs> First off, there's some, uh, I thought there was some incredible depth and panning going on. It's very easy for me to pick up on the intensity. Before you know it, it mellows out with a beautiful wind section. Then the depth and panning of it all comes back and puts you right in the middle of it all. It's its excellent. And as I've said before, Julia has utilized her voice in a way that fills space and really adds an interesting element to the track. Also, I would like to mention that she has a beautiful voice and that she has self would it to fit into any mix without sounding out of place. It's just, it's all there, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm very surprised with her version. Uh, just like I've said <laughs> earlier, I agree with you. I've, and out of what we played of hers, this is uh, definitely my favorite track. In fact, I think out of what we played all together, this is my favorite track. Now, the original version just screams Chrono Trigger, Yeah, <laughs> Julia did well, staying true to the original, but still, as I was telling you off-air, uh, there's something to this original track that just makes it so unique. I've noticed there isn't all that much panning between the instruments as there is in uh, the previous tracks, but maybe that's why I'm digging it. I'm not too sure. Uh, it's just too original, and... Once again, as I've said before, between the two, man, ver- Julia's version takes the cake. No, I keep saying Julian.
1: <laughs> it, it, I think it just <laughs> kind of maybe fills out or like flows out a little bit that way too. So, yeah, and it could be it's nearing our bedtime for both of us here, so that could have something to do with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like I said, we we I think we both talked about as we were going through this like tracks that were our favorites and might actually outdo the original. I think for both of us, this is probably it here. I I was amazed at... The more I listened to this, the more I heard that I wanted to pick apart. I was just like, God, this... I, I don't know how else to say this, man, but Julia Henderson, Jesus Christ, you are incredible. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. To to make World Revolution better? I mean, wow. I, just keep this, the absolute spirit and the sound of the original while throwing a little bit of your own take to it. And normally, we've talked about it before, like, for stuff like this, I, I, I'm i into a little bit more of a fast-paced thing, you know? That's a little obvious when you go and, like, realize how much of a fan of Falcom Sound Team I am and how fast-paced a lot of their stuff is and a lot of, and, you know, how up-tempo it is. But for her to actually... I, I don't know 100% that she slowed this down, but it feels a little bit slower in tempo than the original does. But, at, like, after... I'd say 15 seconds of listening to this track, I completely didn't even realize it was being slow down anymore. It was like, oh no, this is this is perfect. Like it is, man. I I almost hope like Mitsuda gets a chance to listen to this and is just like, wow, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I have the original <laughs> composer sit down and listen to it and just like knowing what he's into because he does a lot of like very beautiful like Celtic sounds in a lot of his stuff. I think him like sitting down and listening to this, I think
0: he would just be like, oh. Okay, I could have done this instead, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really, and it's funny because uh, when I started listening to the the first tracks, "Memories of Green," uh, you know, the original and Julia's version, it to be honest, it was a little hard to get into her, you know, her style. Mm -hmm. I just I wasn't feeling it, man. I'm not used to hearing vocals when it comes to video game music. Yeah, and. You know, the more I started listening to the stuff, I just I fell in love with it, man. It's it's excellent. She knows exactly what she's doing and what she wants and she grabs it. It's crazy. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I I think i had said that on the
1: air. Hopefully it wasn't another off the air conversation that we had. We've got to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just leave it. <laughs> leave a recording. <laughs> pretty much. And I think i had said this off the air. So I don't really remember man bouncing back and forth. In my head is like when I said this and, you know, we don't go back and listen to it really very far unless we completely lose our place basically. But um, I really feel like I'm right there with you. Like at first, the first like listen of memories of green, it didn't strike me right away. It took maybe like a second listen to the, before I listened to it and I was just like, Oh <laughs> man. Okay. I, I'm, I, I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe it was going back and listening to it with the original there And then think about the placement of the lyrics and stuff like that, or, you know, like the, the words behind the lyrics, basically, like actually Mm -hmm. the more I listened to that track, the more I was like, Oh, okay. I really dig this. And everything that she wrote lyrically in this has, like I said, it could have been an absolute like mess or a disaster or just Mm -hmm. felt shoehorned, but she not only took the time to get the, like, notes and the, and just blend in really well and power when she needed to be powerful but she also took the time to write lyrics that were very fitting for the track she was playing let's say you had just gotten done playing Chrono Trigger and then you listen to this I think it would be very very striking to listen to this album and just oh okay like this fits perfectly there's just so much to it and like I said this this could have been a real mess, but I think this totally warrants a purchase. I, I love it. <laughs> I've listened to a ton of other albums that like try to do different arrangements of video game music and Chrono Triggers especially. And this one has stuck with me enough that I wanted to cover this, even though we haven't done Chrono Trigger proper yet. I, I felt a little weird throwing this out on the table at first just because I was like, you know, this is something completely different than everything else we've done and we haven't even covered the original at all. I mean, I guess technically we never covered the original Mega Man X <laughs> when we did yeah. uh, Maverick Hunter X, but we listened or we went through the majority of the Maverick Hunter X soundtrack whereas this we're only covering five tracks of the five of the six that are on the album itself and, you know, five of the jeez, oh, I don't know, 40 something, 50 something tracks that are on the Chrono Trigger soundtrack. So <laughs> You know we're we're doing a very small slice of that soundtrack, but we're doing the most of what Julia did in the album. again, for me, I, I love this album. I was incredibly surprised with how well she handled this. And man, like I said, just whatever she's got, I follow her on Bandcap now. I would suggest you do too. And as soon as I get the email that she put out something new, it's it's getting an instant purchase. I'm not even gonna see what the hell it is. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah, same here man. that's uh, i'm I'm extremely surprised with her work. And it's obvious that she took a lot of time to put herself in a particular place mentally before, you know, redoing any of these tracks. I don't think there's any way she could have nailed them the way she did without understanding what was there before. Yeah,
1: absolutely. This comes from a a fan of the game and the game's music. Obviously she, she (laughs) completely knew what she was doing and I, I didn't really look like how much of the arrangement in she composed or you know she did herself i would imagine it was most of it because just you know the the, like quick glance like the credits and stuff i saw i think i saw it was mostly all her but just man she she's she's an amazing talent and you can just call me just super impressed and anytime anytime she wants to do anything video game related (laughs) be my freaking guest i will buy it
0: (laughs) yeah really (laughs) i give them all credit you know i don't know exactly who it was that was on our team that actually composed this but whoever had their hands in this great fucking job yeah it's excellent yeah from julia
1: on down to everybody else just yes just just hand clap man it's just great
0: (laughs) (laughs) slow clap man no
1: no slow clap man i'm gonna i'm gonna get up and just give the big standing ovation dude Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would do that, except, uh, you know, the last time I clapped on the on the podcast, I didn't really like the way it sounded back, so I'm not going to go ahead and clap. So maybe I'll just, <laughs> yeah, we'll just, just take it as a standing ovation, basically. I mean, we're doing an entire podcast on it, so basically you can consider that a standing ovation of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that will wrap up this episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. Um, thanks for listening. Hopefully we handled this, I think, as well as we could have, because... Like I said, this was something totally different for Dominic and I to do. And this also just just came out like a month ago, I think. So we're also covering something incredibly recent. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's a little intimidating to catch it right when it's in the zeitgeist basically but it's a little like oh well you know we haven't had time to sit there and like chew on it as long as we have a lot of these other things you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that was a little uh, it's a little nerve-wracking but i think we did this thing justice hopefully at the very least um if you thought we were meandering maybe a little too much uh just buy the album trust us it's it's worth it <laughs> it's, <laughs> Yeah, do our, yourself a favor <laughs> for sure all right speaking of doing yourself a favor you can always do us a favor by going to patreon.com slash games and junk over there you can support us um there are going to be some new tier or there's some new tiers as of this podcast going up dominic and i are going to start doing bonus episodes of rock out with ricardo on our off weeks uh those are going to be available to patrons who donate five dollars a month or more we're gonna release the first one as a, as a as a kind of a teaser of sorts. There's a reason why we're gonna do the first one as a teaser, outside of just it being a simple like, "Hey, this is what you're gonna get if you give us five bucks a month." But there's, let's say, an attachment to this podcast that we're doing it for. But anyway, I I, I didn't want to put it behind a paywall because I wanted to give a little taste before uh, before we guys got you hooked, basically. So, patreon.com slash gamesandjunk, you can do that. Um, Also, the $5 tier will also get you a shout-out on the show. So, I want to shout-out to Gustav, Vanessa, and John for help making this show possible financially. I really appreciate it, you guys. And supporting us on Patreon is not the only way you can support us. You can go to whatever it's going to be here in, like, a week. Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes is being done away with. So, I guess it's Apple Podcasts you go and give the ranking to. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We're on all those platforms Give us a five star review over there. Share us around if you know somebody that's into video game music. Share us with those people, please. We we love to see this audience growing. And again, I I'm incredibly proud of the work Dominic and I are doing. I really feel like we hit our stride early. And having Dominic on this podcast has been a huge boon for me because having an actual musician to bounce off of has been great. Because I don't just bounce off of somebody who you know. Um, Kind of knows what I know, basically, which is not much. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I I know what I like, I guess, and that's the end of that.
0: <laughs> well, shucks, man.
1: <laughs> and also, you can follow us on Twitter at Rowico Podcast. That is R O W Y C O Podcast. You can follow me at Jason Ariola and Dominic. You can follow me at Dominant Shred. All right. So, like I said, uh, starting in July, we are going to be doing our bonus episodes. So, like I said, the first one will be free. Also, I guess this will be the first time I'm going to announce it. July will also be the last month that the catch-all feed that we have for all of our podcasts do will be updated. I'm going to also put that one behind the Patreon wall. Don't. There's a reason we're doing that is also just the file sizes that, because I like to keep the sound quality high. And the file sizes are getting bigger and bigger as these podcasts get longer and longer. And the site could start to bog down more and more as these podcasts continue. So I want to start making the sizes a little bit smaller that we do on our normal hosting. So if you want a higher quality audio feed and you also want a catch all feed, you can get that there at patreon.com slash games and junk. Like I said, I will keep the catch all feed going through July after that. That's going to be the end of that one, unfortunately. So, um, I, to rip off Jimmy Pardo of never not funny, uh, get your finances in order. It's five bucks a month. It's, it's going to get you that. Another podcast I do uh, is called Multimedia Failure. It is a, <clears throat> let's say, a chronological exploration in video game movies. And then we rank them arbitrarily against each other. Can you tell I've said that 4,000 times already? <laughs> um, anyway, that's another podcast I do. We are going to have a bonus segment on those that is only listenable by patrons of $5 or more a month. So you're not just giving us $5 as a, oh, hey, here's here's 5 bucks because I appreciate the work you guys do. We're giving you bonus content too. We wanted to be able to give back to our listeners, if they're going to help us out financially, and give you guys a little bit of a reason to do it too. So hopefully, like I said, I I, I feel kind of bad taking down the catch all because there are a lot of people who subscribe to that, and but I also feel like this is a good way to sort of make the jump over that way, and it'll also help me figure out numbers wise what each podcast is doing individually. So you know, there's a lot of you know behind the scenes st- stuff that I try to be open with you guys as listeners about, just because you know I. Dominic and I want to be able to do this podcast more regularly we think doing a bonus episode is a good way to start hopefully 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 this is the uh, the <laughs> straw that breaks the camel's back and we start getting flooded by patreon subscribers Dominic and I can just do this podcast full time and we'll do it oh gee I don't know at this point five times a week if we start making enough money who cares right Wait. right. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. You guys pay us enough. We'll do this podcast every damn day. I don't care. Yes. (laughs) Oh,
0: Anyway, uh, that will wrap up this episode. Uh, Dominic, did you have anything you wanted to add? No. uh, Thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, as much as we have. I was uh, extremely surprised with this and hope you guys were too. I can't imagine they're not going to be. I
1: mean, you know, I I, I think we've proven that we've got pretty decent-tasted music anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> so at the very least you can trust us on our recommendations. So anyway, that will wrap up Rocket with your card out and we will talk to you guys in 2 weeks.